So, Mike, first of all, our intro music is absolutely rocking. I love every second of it. Second of all, I caught um, I caught Nathan Bargazzi. Mm-hmm. Am I saying that right? Yeah, I believe it's Nathaniel. Nathaniel. But we don't church it up. We just call him Nate. Nate. Uh, Nate Bargazzi, he... Uh, so this is a guy you and uh, our mutual friend Bill have told me about. And I... You know, I was kind of like, whenever anyone suggests anything to me, my mm-hmm. attitude is always, yeah, that sounds good. Mm, I don't know. Me too. And uh, this is why, like, I didn't listen to Sufjan Stevens forever. <laughs> um, all my friends were, like, over the moon. I You're was, the like, only one that's your age who's never gotten into him. No, no, I did. You did? I did. Okay. I was just, uh, what I'm saying is I was super resistant. Okay. Like, yeah. when I was, I was living in New York, have I told you about the time I lived in New you York? You lived in New York. And ev- all my friends were into Tim Keller. <laughs> and and they were into Sufjan Stevens. And I was like, I don't know about these guys. Yeah. I'm not so sure. And then I like saw Tim Keller talk and I was like, this is the most brilliant man I've ever seen. Yeah. And I listened to Sufjan Stevens. I was like, this is the end of music. We've finished it. Like, look at us. Well, one out of two ain't bad. Yeah. Well, so I so I, I, I checked out uh, your, your boy Nate and wow, he was funny. Like he wasn't like funny for Southern Baptist funny. He was like actually entertaining. Yeah. And to do that, like totally clean, like no swear words. I mean, so like, yeah, you, you can be funny and squeaky clean and it still works. And in fact, it's way harder. So like props to that guy. He I was he was funny. He speaking was funny. of being funny and yeah. squeaky clean. Yeah. Well, looks aren't everything. That's what we are. Yeah, we are no, I, looking. And, I love Nate Bargatze. And I did shower this week. Yeah, we saw him, uh, my wife and I, and several people we work with uh, saw him um, two weeks ago or so. It wow. was it was great. He was hilarious. I've never yeah, been Yeah, thanks a, for inviting me, by the way. Oh, sorry. Um, we've never been to a comedy show. Um, are so, you serious? Yeah, this was my first. Oh, my. I, mean, I love, like, live comedy is like, uh, like, man. When I was in, again, uh, when I was living in the city, like uh, that was my favorite thing. It's because yeah. it's just, what is it? It's like gladiatorial, yeah. right? Like there's just one guy, one mic, like go. It's, I, I don't know. Like, so let me tell you about yeah. where I grew up. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and our huge stand-up now you were scene. You were raised, you're one sixteenth mosquito? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And so not a whole lot of stand-up here. Um, yeah. You know, we occasionally had the church comedian come through. Okay. Um, <laughs> Mike, uh, tell me what I'm doing here. You are tuning in to the Bless Your Heart cast, uh, where Trevor Babcock and Mike Dixon discuss movies, music, art, culture, all those things from a Christian worldview. Trevor, bless your heart. Bless your heart, Mike. What are we talking about today? Um, We're talking about fiction, and I need... Do I have a PhD in English? Sure, but I need (laughs) a little bit of clarification. Fiction, what is it? Yeah, specifically talking about fiction books today. Oh. Um, yeah, and, and books are these things, books. Li- listeners. Um, Those are like scrolls. Yeah, and we've, we've gone a little past scrolls. They're like, they have oh. binding on the edge and they're okay. pages with, with typed. Oh, I've seen pictures. Yeah, you may be more familiar with the handwritten ones um, mm-hmm. from your day, but. Yeah, that's right. No, yeah, so, so fiction books. We're going to talk about literature today. We've talked about movies already. Um, we've talked about the multiverse and now that one was great. It was so fun. Um, now we're going to talk about fiction specifically what it is. Right. And so I think when we say fiction, we're meaning not nonfiction, not nonfiction. Okay. Yeah. So made up stories. I mean, obviously a waste of time, right? Are we done? Absolutely. We don't need nonfiction. Let's not waste our time. This has been the bless your heart cast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> bless your heart, Mike. 
Yeah, yeah. Bless your heart, Trevor. So I think we, uh, when we talk about fiction, we're talking about yes, something that was made up, something that could be based in truth. We have we have some subgenres of fiction that are based in historical time periods. Um, there are shreds of truth in in all fiction, really. Uh, but yeah, we're talking about when an author sits down and comes up with characters, comes up with a plot, comes up with a storyline and writes that out and it becomes a piece of fiction. So I think that's a pretty broad definition. Uh, you do have the PhD in literature, so you may have some more to add. I'm hoping that you do. Um, really that's all the notes I had for today. (laughs) So fiction, um, you know, I, I want to explore the idea that uh, fiction can be more or less true. And mm. I don't mean historical fiction. Uh, I mean, you know, just totally made up stories where, you know, we're aliens on Xenon 5, mm-hmm. nothing to do with reality, Dune, you know. Uh, but fiction can quick, be... Quick note. Well, I don't like Dune. Um, I tried. Yeah. I okay. Read, hot the first hot take. Like, I don't know. Is, is this a hot take? Like, my man is not good at writing yeah that's a warm i just yeah it's a warm is it a tepid take yeah i I just uh so yeah like look i'm a prose snob i just am Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna pretend i'm gonna own it like i the prose needs to be popping like you know like after you've read kind of a lot like you you realize that like you don't have to settle for crummy prose there's been so much written um that you know if if you can read shakespeare then what like that's a question that an author has to answer for me like why don't yeah. i just go back and read shakespeare right i mean you know and i w- i was a kid once mike i get it mm-hmm. like the first time you come to shakespeare he's hard but w- like after a certain amount of years like once you're used to him it's like oh this is just the best like yeah he's super good he's a good storyteller and it's he's he's the goat um, Frank Herbert is no Shakespeare. Frank Herbert is uh, lower down the ladder. So, like, I, I do, <laughs> I do like the story. Like, I, yeah, I, I yeah. do think that there is something there. We could talk I about agree. like the mono myth, mm-hmm. right? Like, there, there are so many moves that he's making that are in line with the hero with the thousand faces and the mono myth and all this yeah. stuff. Um, maybe we can get into that. But just on the level of the line, it's just it's rough to read. Yeah, I mean, after you get. I don't know. Uh, the excuse I give is I've just read so much that yeah. like I just my I'm a bit of a snob. The Can't first one, it. the first one was fine. Yeah. The second one I really struggled with. I bought several of them at a Barnes and Noble on a like buy three get one free, and I should have taken the hint. Nice, um, but couldn't get through the third one. Yeah, and you know they're listed for sale now. I think so. Mm. We'll see. Mm. Maybe I'll hold on to them. Well, sorry. So true fiction. I want to uh, throw at you the idea of true fiction, that some fiction is uh, fiction can be more or less true. I'm not saying factual, but true. So like the stuff that sticks around right uh, for uh, decades, for centuries is the stuff that sticks around is in some sense true um, or hits hits on truth. Like when when I am reading a book and I am true and I am genuinely moved, you know, by the action of it, I think of like the ending of um, uh, Tale of Two Cities. I'm not going to give it away. It is 200 years old, 300 years, uh, 200 years old. So I'm not going to spoil it, but uh, to give you a chance to read it, but it, the ending moved me. Like there's something right. good and true and beautiful about it. And, you know, the uh, a piece of fiction is, good to the extent that it's true. I mean, that's not the only Mm -hmm. 
parameter uh, in the greatness of a work of fiction, but good fiction is true. Like it speaks to some uh, deeper reality. So let me throw this one at you, Mike. Can you think of like, wow, I learned a lesson. Like I, 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 I gained a piece of equipment for living right. from uh, from this or that piece of fiction. Can you think of a time? Oh, absolutely. Uh, do you have any examples? Yeah. Can I put you on the spot here? Yeah, let me let me just go back to my first. Uh, I mean, this is a classic work, right? So we're talking about we're, this is a broad podcast episode. So we're going to sweep with generalizations, but let me just go to a an absolute classic, the most best, the best selling book of all time besides scripture, which is the Pilgrim's progress by John Bunyan. Mm. Um, reading that as a Christian, um, John Bunyan, not the most gifted poet, not the most gifted writer, um, but a very gifted, uh, allegorician. Allegorician. Yeah. We're making up words. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he wrote an allegory. He did. And it's powerful. And to, uh, I remember reading that for the first time, maybe in college, I think, uh, maybe in high school, can't remember, but I remember the feeling it evoked the true feeling of, uh, Christian, this pilgrim finally getting the load off his back. That's where it hit me was he had gone through the slew of despond and he had left the city and all these things. And he finally gets to this point about halfway through the book, uh, maybe earlier than that. And he is able to, at the foot of the cross, Take his, uh, take his, his the, the the burden off of his back. Beautiful picture. Um, if you can't see where I'm going with that, that it's the, the the true feeling I had of Christ taking my shame and my guilt mm. and being able to lay all of that down at the foot of the cross and, and walk away as a justified man. Um, that's a powerful feeling in in a work of fiction. Now, there I have a lot more than that, but that's the most yeah obvious one. Yeah, sure. I think of uh, <laughs> the image. And it's so funny because what you just described to me, like we're talking about fiction, we're talking about words, mm -hmm. what you just described to me is an image, right? Yeah. It's the image that yeah. sticks with you. Right, like, right. Uh, let that, you know, marinate in that for a second. Mm -hmm. And the image that I, that maybe made the biggest impression on me from Pilgrim's Progress is um, Moses, actually. Do you remember the oh, scene yeah. where Moses yeah. shows yeah, up? Yeah. Like, um, he just whooping up on Christian, right. like beating. And, and Christian's like, dude, mercy, mercy. And Moses says, I can't stop. I can't stop. Yeah, like yeah. he's got uh, Moses uh, represents the, the ideas that Moses represents the law. Mm -hmm. And Christian is uh, has not followed the law. Christian is a sinner. Um, uh, maybe you've met a few in your life. And the law is will not cannot justify him. I cannot stop. Yeah. You know? Um, and so, yeah, there's, there is a, that's an image, uh, that represents an idea, an image of Moses, of, of the law whooping up, beating, right. beating down, um, uh, a man. And, and we cannot be saved by works. It, it won't happen. Yep. The, the works is are you know, the law is a bully the um, law to us, stop. to us sillies. And that's not to say it's, it's bad, <laughs> yep. uh, but, uh, for those of us who are, who are all of us who can't, won't, haven't abided by it it's you know it's a it's a pain it's it's not going to help us uh, except um, and, and unless insofar as it drives us to toward grace yeah right? yeah and that's the beauty of, of of fiction of good fiction um where we are reading the written word mm. we're not looking at picture books we're reading the the written word and coming away with beautiful images that are very real in our mind that evoke very real emotion very real feelings mm 
Uh, it kind of it makes me start thinking about as the, the idea of inspiration, the idea of, you know, we're going to, I have a, a master of divinity, so I've, I've studied a lot about inspiration when it comes to scripture, but inspiration when it comes to pieces of fiction to evoke truth and beauty and goodness. Thoughts on that? Oh, <laughs> I've got a few. It's funny, we did not set this up, but I talk about inspiration a lot in World Lit because if you read the Iliad, if you read the Odyssey, if you read the Aeneid, and if you're in my class, you're going to get some of these. The old time, okay, pagans, right? Homer and Virgil, you know, uh, Homer is what, 700 BC, Virgil is like 40 um, BC. And um, they pray for inspiration. Uh, they pray for inspiration. They're playing, praying to the muses. The muse, yeah. Yeah. Um, and they pray, Virgil prays to different muses, uh, depending on where he goes and what's he, what he needs. But the old timers had this, even non-Christians had this sense of need for inspiration. Did you know that inspiration is the same word essentially as enthusiasm? Right. Um, in spirit, uh, yeah. spirit coming into, <laughs> so like we're talking something like possession, you know, yeah. like to yeah. be, to have a spirit, uh, w- Homer and Virgil, like spirit enter into me and tell the story through my pen, you know, mm-hmm. um, Enthusiasm, it's it's the same two words, but in Greek. Uh, thu, what, what's the Greek word for spirit? Thus, thus uh, something. Yeah. And then an, en is the same as en. But anyway, it's if you're enthusiastic, you're spirited. That, that, you know, the idea right. is that some some spirit is is in you, moving through you, something, you know, it, it, I, I don't know how to conceive of this, but that's the idea. So anyway, yeah. Um, when you, have I said this on this podcast before? When you listen to like, Great storytellers. Okay, we're we're focusing on fiction now, but uh, storytellers. I mean, writ large, like directors, mm-hmm. writers, whatever. Um, always, like I, all of the good ones, and I, I don't mean eighty percent. I mean like a hundred percent of the really great ones speak as if they are receiving ideas from elsewhere. Like I have not heard a real who I consider to be a really great. Mm-hmm. storyteller say anything but the ideas come from without uh, Joyce Carolyn Oates talks about going on walks and she would like she you know she said to whichever podcaster I was listening to I I, I walk up this hill and it's as if I need as, it's as if the idea is up there and like I go for a long walk and like I get the idea on top of this specific hill where mm-hmm. I live and I come down. I know that sounds mystical, but like I don't know how else to say it. No, but yeah, yeah, that's and that's we hear that all the time. Storytellers who, I mean, for for the the, the theologically minded people that that are looking at general revelation, are looking at things like the created order, trees, ponds. I mean, Henry David Thoreau, right? Like mm. Walden Pond. It's it's out there. It's and it. I like that idea of possession, mm-hmm. which which makes a lot of sense as we think about the idea of inspiration spirit these types of things spirit being the same idea as wind as breath Mm -hmm. as being breathed in and breathed out you breathe in an inspiration and you breathe out whatever creative Mm -hmm. media that comes out of you whether that's filmmaking whether in this case we're talking about writing the idea of the muses that that they would enter into you and 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 come out through your pen um it's a really interesting idea yeah ancient idea and the great storytellers still talk that way. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, even, I mean, you know, we're talking about secular people. These are not religious people. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the pagans agree. You know, John yeah. Milton in 
Paradise Lost does the same move, but he's praying to the Holy Spirit. Right. Like it. Like everyone, <laughs> everyone agrees. Yeah. Like, John uh, Bunyan says something like this in the prologue oh, yeah. of of uh, Pilgrim's Progress. Yeah. I'm, he's he's riffing on John Milton, who is riffing yep. on Virgil, who is riffing on Homer. So the this storytelling tradition goes all the way back. And again, even like David Lynch. Uh, no one ever accused David Lynch of being too Christian. Right. He talks this way uh, as if yeah. he is retrieving, as if, as if he is receiving. Mm-hmm. Okay. He, he uses the image of like a radio or a television set with, with antenna. Um, yeah. Uh, Cause he's a boomer um, and just receiving <laughs> signals and conveying signals from elsewhere. Uh, the, yeah. the romantics had it, the Aeolian harp. Okay. So the, the idea is that the wind would blow and, and music would resound on this certain kind of harp. It's like a wind chime. If, if you yeah. will. Like a wind chime as being an, an image of the Aeolian wind chime. Yeah, the Aeolian wind chime. So, um, so there we have it. Uh, yeah, where are these ideas come from? Are there, <laughs> are there um, angels involved? And now we're getting really gaga. But like, yeah. again, like I, I, I stand vindicated from ev- by every great sto- storyteller. The inspiration comes from without. And um, what are we talking about when we say, like, what do we mean when we say that? And I don't know. Um, I do, uh, like, if we're talking about biblical text, then it gets pretty clear right, uh, for right. Christians. But just fiction storytelling, um, where, like, what, <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, we're, we're not, we're, what we're getting at is we don't have a lot of fiction authors saying this story just, came from within me or I re- yeah, like I, I tried really experience. hard and I came up with the idea and I, yeah, I mean yeah. like kind of second tiers <laughs> we'll yeah. talk this way, but genuinely you talk to anyone who is like renowned and mm-hmm. they don't say that or even inspired by the past. I mean, that's the same thing yeah. inspired by past experiences in their own life, yeah. um, we'll which talk- must be true. But the emphasis again is on just outside signals coming in. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It's almost kind of getting into the idea of, something being written on each of our hearts in each of our minds to, Hmm. to look without, um, to look for other means of power, Hmm. to look for other means of inspiration, to look for creativity. And, and we can talk about creativity in a moment, but this idea that the desire for story, the desire for even the, when you talk about, character development, plots, all of these different aspects that make up good fiction being inspired from without, it is, I think, as from my worldview, the Lord um, sovereignly using, as I've said before on this podcast, crooked sticks to draw straight lines. Um, As my grandma would say, even a a blind squirrel can find an acorn every once in a while, you know, and people who are far from God still coming up with beautiful stories that have these evocations of truth, beauty, goodness. Uh, I'm not aware of a culture anywhere that doesn't have storytelling. Like, right. right, um, right. We could maybe put story on Maslow's hierarchy of needs somewhere. Like, I think it's innate. And and I do, and I mean that very Mm -hmm. seriously, that that it is innate. Um, What do you mean we need stories? Like, you need... Uh, listener, you need to believe that you are a part of some story. You mm. need to. Okay. So like, what's, what's the opposite? Like, what does it even mean to, well, first of all, let, let's do the positive, then we'll do the negative. Okay. Christian, right? Like, 
I am I am a believer. I am a sinner. Uh, but uh, God came down in the form of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. died for my sins. I believe in Him and will one day join Him in glory. Okay, beginning, middle, and an end. There's a hero. There's a hero's quest. Even yep. Um, rising action. Interest, yeah, yeah. <laughs> rising action, falling action. <laughs> Interestingly, um, the hero in this story is not me. Okay, yeah. every other religion, as far as I can tell. You know that uh, I'm in the hero seat, uh, mm-hmm. but and this is the one story where I'm I'm the damsel in distress, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Truly, yeah, no, um, you're right. Uh, so there's a positive example. Okay, Christians, we believe a story. The gospel is a story. We it's a true story. Okay, mm-hmm. so what does it mean to live without a story? Um, so what if you're an agnostic? What if you're you know not a believer? What what's your what what story is there? Well, I'm trying to avoid suffering. Right. And pursue pleasure. <laughs> yeah. I suppose that's a story, but that's it's not a compelling one. No. Right? No. Like that's you know, that's not different than how worms behave. Uh right. liter- like right. literally, right? Uh, uh pursue good things, avoid hurtful things, avoid pain. Um avoiding pain is not a s- great story. S- someone who really internalizes that or even worse, you know, I am a uh, here's a story that's floating around. I am um, a direct, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Parasite on, mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. Mother Nature. Okay, yeah. so, so here's the story. Mother Nature exists and is beautiful and good, and then along comes humanity and wrecks the place. And you, you get versions of this story in, let's say, Avatar. Yeah. You know, um, nature good, human bad. And it's like, and that's, there's, and <laughs> there's something to that. Right. You know, like uh, Chernobyl happened. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, it's not totally without merit, but if that is the story, right, if that is your under basic understanding of your place in the universe and story situates you, okay, it puts you in a place in relationship. It, it is worldview, right? Like mm-hmm. what worldview <laughs> is story. Right, right. So, so everyone has a story. Everyone uh, must have. And yeah, and if you don't, yeah. if you don't, you don't have hope. Well, like what, where is, what is hope? Without story, yeah, it's hope that the story will resolve, right? It's it's mm. looking forward in in patience and in um, optimism that yeah. the story will resolve. Resolve, yeah. It's not it, time is not a flat circle. Yep. You know, we are not just on a repetitive roller coaster uh, as some religions do hold. Yep. Um, we there is a beginning, there is a middle, and there is an end to history, and which is the beginning of eternity. Right. You know, there's something next out there that we have very I think low concept of, but not zero. So, yeah. So, so thinking about story, we're making the case for story. We're making the case that everyone has a story. We're living in a story as Christians. We're part of this true, beautiful story that though we have suffering just as a character in a story, we, we will see a resolution to that suffering. It all will make sense. Um, as, as Tolkien says, every uh, bad thing will come untrue, you know, in the That's end. right. Same wise. Um, and so we, then what's the place? What's what's the the connection? The we could just say, hey, I don't need fiction. I've got my own story. Where does where does where do good works of fiction come in to help us live out our stories? Interesting. I've got my story. I don't need yours. Um, I am gonna go on a big tangent now. Um, <clears throat> we need stories, and we need old stories. Okay, there is a tendency, a desire that I'm seeing in some places to 
kind of just get rid of the old stories. Uh, for example, mm. like I, I, I go on the professor's subreddit. There's an R professors. Mm. And because I'm a great manager of my time. That is a fun place to be. Yeah. But like somebody on there was like, we exploded the cannon and like, in 1979 and in the canon when professors talk about english professors talk about the canon we're talking about again the milton yeah 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 um homer the absolute classics that get assigned year after year and after and year. and just for a little background yeah the classics used to make up a student's education yeah that like if you if you do a great books Education, like it, that used to be, <laughs> that's that the way it education. just was. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That was exactly synonymous with education. And so there is, you know, the, the, the next generation came along and said, you know, we're, like, forget the canon, like, we're going to do our own thing. And it's like, well, that, it didn't take so hot, you know, and I think the pendulum is swinging back and saying, yeah. you know, it never really went away. And, and now you have, yeah, there's a book called Saving Socrates out there. I'm, I forget mm-hmm. who wrote it, but he, I, I remember that he is an, an immigrant from uh, the Dominican Republic to America who is now a dean at Columbia University. Oh, wow. And wrote like, no, we need, like the classic classics are good. Like canon is yeah. good. Helps me. Let me tell you my story of how it helped me specifically. Um, like I think he refers to like Dante, is it? Uh, certainly Plato. Mm-hmm. Um, Freud is in there, interestingly. But um, yeah, like why do we need old stuff? Okay, so look. We know beyond the shadow of a doubt that the Zoomers. Okay, are you are you Gen Z? What are you? Uh, are Gen you? X? No, uh, millennial. Millennial. Okay, yeah. so I'm, you're, I'm right on the edge of. Yeah. Of okay. That, yeah. Well, th- so this situates us perfectly. Like I'm as old as you can be, and <laughs> still be a, technically a millennial. Right. And you're probably and you're on the other end. Well, if we uh, look at Gen Z, there it there just is a mental health crisis. Yeah. There absolutely. just is. Um. You know, it it is certainly the case that. If you ask young people how their mental health is and you look, you know, not, I'm not talking about individually, but like, you know, in aggregate, that it is, there's no doubt that um, student uh, Gen Z is reporting horrible mental health compared to everyone we've ever t- yeah, tested. Yeah, we, we would both attest to this working with yeah. college students day in, day out. Yeah. 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 So, so it re- it's, you know, they, they tell us this and, and the best you can do, like the best counter argument is like, okay, well look, the taboo is gone. Like they might say that, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. like, you know, it's, it's just cause the taboo is gone. Like it, like young kids, uh, young kids, um, <laughs> 18 year olds, 19 year olds yeah. uh, have always had a hard time. 14 year olds have, it, it's always been hard to be young. Like that, that's, it's not a real mental health crisis. Well, you can look at, um, hospital data self-harm mm-hmm. like you know yeah. suicide all-time highs and it is yeah it's 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 real it's real and so there is an un it there really is an unusually high amount of anxiety running through young people let's say you know i, I think it's like i think it's like as young as 10 mm-hmm. 10 to let's say 20 yeah. uh, and yeah. and probably higher than that yeah there is where is this coming from um i think you know, and I'm going off of Jonathan Haidt here. Um, yeah. I don't know if you read him much. I think what he's doing is brilliant work, very yeah. helpful. You know, he looks at cell phones and says it's Instagram, and, and it's like okay, boomer, but it's like well, <laughs> no, it is. Yeah. It's like well, um, he, uh, he yeah. like he makes a strong case, and it's it's you know there, there there's this inclination to just say oh, like technology is always bad, and you can look back through history. Literally, you can look back through history, and when 
uh, mass market fiction became a thing. People were like, oh, kids are reading too much these days. Yeah. And, like yeah. literally, like this out, like there are newspaper articles making the case that like kids are reading too much these days. Like they're, it's not like when I was young. It's like an had, ad like, right next to it that's like smoke these cigarettes for, your, <laughs> for the health of for your, your lungs. Health. Yeah. <laughs> Good for the health. Yeah. Um, so like old timers have always been saying it's the technology these days. Yeah. But maybe this time it is. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, so why does this have to do with storytelling? There is, we tell kids like, write your own story, find your own meaning, like mm. do your own blah, 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 blah. Um, gender even, you know, come right. up with your own complete identity and worldview. Yeah. Like, are you, do you understand what you're asking out of this person that you're telling to invent a worldview? Like <laughs> that's. That's based, insane. Like based on what? I mean, that's the other thing. Based on what you feel. Based on what you feel today. Yeah, and exactly. if you're a fluid person, you that the fluidity is understanding that that might be different tomorrow or this afternoon. Exactly. And so you are anchored to nothing. You are anchored to nothing. And stories, even for secular folks, the literary canon offers something. Because like, I'm guessing I'm guessing the dean at Columbia University is a secularist is, is yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's not he, a professing believer. He, I'm sure. Yeah. He speaks like f he's one of those seculars that speaks fondly of Christianity, but yeah. like hasn't like Jordan Peterson is maybe one of these like oh, yeah. likes religion, but like doesn't take the leap. Right. Yeah. yeah. So he, he, you know, maybe we can stick him in that jar, but, uh, the JP jar, the JP jar. Yeah. It's a, it's a fun little, wherever you're coming in, in terms of religion and, and how you think about that, Having this great books canon, starting with the works of Plato, even before, um, all the way through. When does that run? I mean, how? Where were we looking? I at? mean, the canon. You can. I mean, there's up to 2023. Like we are. Yeah, you know, if yeah, yeah. if we are revising the canon, it's just because new stuff is coming out. Yeah, I'm sure. Right? In every as many English professors as you have in a room, that's how many opinions exactly. there are on the great books. That, that, but, that's exactly right. But that gives you something to anchor to. Yeah. Even again, even for a secular person, you have you have Western culture that is at least organizing. You know, it is at least a way of looking at the world. Mm -hmm. And and I think I referenced this once on this podcast, but I, I, I'm always repeating myself. I, forgive me. Um, what we're learning from, um, from AI, what we're learning from, you know, cameras and perception and like, how does a Roomba know where it is? Right. right? How does it, how does it orient itself? Like what we're learning from science is that you need preconceived notions. Yeah. In order to orient yourself, you need some programming. You need programming before, like you cannot see, you cannot perceive without preconception. Yeah. Okay. Um, like the again, the robots are teaching us this, and so uh, what this means, uh, and I am I am cribbing heavily, heavily from uh, Jordan Peterson on this. Uh, you know, I, he's got some spicy Maybe we can takes, have him on. but yeah, let's just get JB on the phone, uh, <laughs> JBP on the phone, and you know, I I, I think you cannot proceed in the world without some organizing story like yeah like you you won't um and i think young people aren't um they don't have a strong sense of this is my community this is my role to play in the community mm -hmm. uh, this is what is expected of me because we tell them we expect nothing yet like we expect you except for <laughs> we expect nothing and everything we expect nothing of you but what you expect for yourself yeah. Which is the same thing as we expect nothing and we expect everything. Right. Like you have to come up with come up with a religion.
come up with a worldview. That's impossible. Like Homer didn't come up with a worldview. No. Jesus, when he came down, he's always connecting himself back to the scriptures. You right. Know? I mean, of course, you know, Jesus is God. He he is the fount. He is the I am. He's the source. Right. But when he came on earth, sorry, and <laughs> when he came on earth uh, in, the for, in, in the incarnation, he comes to connect himself to the past. And this idea that we just need to cut bait, just cut it off, start, you know, new kids, new generation, have them come up with their own sense of self, that is completely unmooring. Of course they're out at sea. Of course they're lost yeah. in space because we are undermining their ability to access meaning through story. It's like the, I mean, I've, I've written about deconstruction. I've thought about a lot about deconstructions as we see um, we're in a deconstruction culture. It's, it's, it's no longer taboo to do this. It's almost normal to deconstruct your faith. And when I say that, I'm talking about evangelicals walking away or they, they wouldn't say walking away. Yeah, they would say... I'm not walking away, I'm deconstructing. Exactly, I'm taking apart... I'm so interesting, let me on your podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, follow me on Twitter. Um, <laughs> I it's, it's, it's typically done publicly, the Leave Loud movement, and you, you, you take down what you would consider your uh, religious background block by block, typically by looking outside of your tradition rather than... Uh, and typically you look outside tr- your tradition simply at your own navel and you end up making whatever worldview you want out of yeah. whatever y- it's like a cafeteria, you know? And, and it's like, it's this ridiculous thing that, that has no hope. It's, it's a, it's mm. a, it's a worldview with absolutely no hope and mooring yourself to the great stories. The reason these stories have endured, mm-hmm. the reason we still read, epic poems from the BC days, the reason we still read um, Shakespeare, the reason we still read Milton, the reason we still consider Mark Twain, the reason we still think of all these great works that partially make up this canon from all around the world in diverse times and ages is that for thousands of years, people have been nailing it that you cannot live without anchoring yourself to stories of hope. Yeah progress and it's like boom where'd you get it right so that's why that's why it's important to anchor yourself first in the story right we would both say these pieces of fiction mean nothing if if you go through life putting your worldview and hope in simply good works of fiction that have groundings of truth you've just been grasping in the dark and you never actually found your way to the light right so so we would both say your worldview needs to be anchored in scripture. It needs to be anchored in the gospel of Jesus Christ. But also we have all of these little helpers yeah. that, that God has given us throughout time. And I mean, think about the amazing thing that fiction is. That no matter what continent you're on, no matter what uh, age you live in, there have been great works of fiction being produced, whether that's mm-hmm. through whether that's through oral storytelling uh, in, in, in other places or through books. Or again, we've talked about movies. We're going to talk about all sorts of stories. Today, we're talking about fiction that God has given these things that are ultimately supposed to point you back to the ultimate good, the ultimate truth, the ultimate beauty, which is God himself and the gospel, which he's given us for our hope. Yeah, I exactly. I think this is where our Canadian friend JBP 
really airs. And that is, mm. you know, he gets so excited. He'll, he'll teach the book of Exodus. And have you heard him talk about like the old test, like unpack yeah. the old Testament? Yeah. It's unreal. Like, yeah. I, I think he definitely has, <laughs> this is going to be wild, a gift. Like yeah. a, a secular person who doesn't believe has a gift of interpreting the old Testament scripture. I think, I think he might. Yeah. Uh, it, it's so helpful to hear him talk, but he falls short where insofar as like the, the it's like for him, it's like the story Mm-hmm. is the point and it's like mm. no. and like the story is is pointing the story has truth you know the, yeah. the end the beginning and the end is god right, right. like god is the point god is the point of existence yeah like you know we we understand we glorify him but our salvation story that's not really the point like that is a important bullet point it's really important if you're us um on the road to under god's glory yeah okay that's the point and and uh, Peterson wants to stop at the story. Yeah, uh, and it's like, oh gosh, you're just so you're at the five yard line, man. Can't you just take it over? Yeah, um, like the Chiefs did when yeah. they won the Super Bowl this weekend. Boom, had to get it in there. Boom. Yeah. Um, so you and Mahomes, listeners, we need we need fiction. You need fiction. Yeah, as Christians, we 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 don't shy away from fiction. Yeah. We we run toward it because we know that in great works of fiction. Now there's bad works of fiction. We're not going to get into that, but in, in great works of fiction, we encounter little specks of light. We encounter shreds of the truth that push us to appreciate a couple of things. First off that God created men and women and gave us this idea of creativity to express truths in beautiful ways, to create characters who we can relate to, as we read who who express these eternal qualities of of desires for redemption desires for hope sometimes they get there sometimes they don't in yeah. good in good works of fiction and and we're all so so we need those pieces of fiction they teach us something about ourselves they teach us something about god now again they're not replacing the scriptures don't ever do that if you had to choose one book to take with you don't don't pick a, a book other than the bible but what i'm saying is if you have the chance, jump into some great works of fiction so that you can there encounter the beauty of the story of redemption. Yeah. And it'll from, be there. You'll find it. Yeah. And what I love about, you know, why did I become an English professor? What do I love about it? One thing that I love about it is that if I read Geoffrey Chaucer writing in like 1380, you know, he is such a person. <laughs> he's such a guy. Like I can, I read him and I'm like, oh, he's like winking at me right now. Like he's yeah. my homie. Yeah. Like he gets it. He's got these characters that are over the top. And then he he writes, Jeffrey Chaucer is a character in the Canterbury Tales. Right. So he writes himself into the Canterbury Tales and he kind of like looks over and like winks at you every once in a while. Yep. He's like, anyway, anyway um, <laughs> while these other characters are putting up a fuss. And it's just like, okay, I'm not the only person to have experienced this before. I'm not the first person in history to have these questions. And so right. what I'm doing is I'm, ingrained in I, I i have footing i have cultural footing okay yeah and look yeah like i'm a, a white anglo-saxon protestant right like i'm i this is my personal cultural heritage but look um i don't care <laughs> what color you are i don't like you know again uh, read this book saving socrates you don't have to be yeah uh, uh you know a, a son of britain to appreciate these things like that it's not it's not for me. It's for the world. I mean, Shakespeare yeah. is dead now. He's not for Shakespeare. He's not for white people. He's for everyone yeah. now. And, and take him. He's yours. Yeah. You know. Um, 
so yeah, the, the great works, they, they can give you footing. They, they point even if it, <laughs> even if the authors don't understand what they're doing, they are pointing out truths and that's what yeah. resonates to kind of take us back to the beginning, like true fiction, Shakespeare, when he's talking about, let's say tyranny mm. in, um, I don't know, Richard the third, when he's in Richard the third, when he's talking about betrayal and, and, and simple envy, um, he's, he's speaking truly when, when you read, uh, Moby Dick, you learn true things about the nature of yeah. obsession, about the nature of revenge. Uh, th- that story has stuck around because it's true. Yep. Yeah. So uh, as we think about these things, um, next week we'll be talking about, we'll each have a book. We'll talk about our favorite books. Do I have to read a book for next time? You do. Yeah, <sighs> there, there will be reading. Um, hopefully you've already covered part of it. Um, but as we close, Trevor, give me three to five works of fiction that you think kind of embody this idea besides your one that we're going to discuss next week. Okay. Not that one. You know, I just mentioned, uh, Moby Dick. Yeah. Like it's what we've been talking about, like positive things, like where we can find hope. Like it is very instructive to read a story that demonstrate pulls back the curtain on what if you go the wrong way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you can read, the Godfather, you could, which I talked about a lot, which was a book first. You can read right. American Psycho, which was a book. Like it, it has been helpful for me to see how radical self-centeredness manifests. Like, mm-hmm. what, what does it look like, and, and what are its rewards? And to name one more, we're we're reading. Uh, we did read The Haunting of Hill House in one of my classes. Oh, yeah. Okay, ghost story. Like, like what 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 spiritual good is there? And I tell you, it's there for those with eyes to see the danger, the threat of isolation, of self-isolation is front and center. This is what it looks like to collapse in yourself. And this is the fruit that such a thing bears. So, yeah, I I, I really like reading about not just, you know, the happy truths, but the the warning truths, the cautionary Mm -hmm. tales Mm -hmm. are so valuable. How about uh, how about you, Mike? Stories that books that have stuck yeah, with you. Yeah, let me start off with a really obscure one that no one else has heard of: um, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. <laughs> Some of my favorite books. Lord of the Wings. Yeah, th- it was written by this guy named Tolkien. Uh, don't never know heard of him. Oh uh, yeah. Um, Anyway, great, great, great books. Just some of my all-time favorites. I It's really the emotional connection you make with each of the characters as they're questing together to take the ring. It, it, it's beautiful. My favorite part of the entire book, uh, the entire series, and I think the movie captures... It was written as a book, but it was marketed as three. Right, right. <laughs> um, can you imagine? Um, my favorite part of the series, is, and again, I think the the movies did an excellent job with this side of it is the friendship between frodo and sam male friendship is hard to find it's Mm -hmm. hard to find and well there you get the worse it gets tolkien valued that in his own life Mm -hmm. Uh, you can read books like the fellowship which talks about his relationship with c.s lewis and owen barfield and, and charles williams um but the 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 beauty of their relationship man i mean it brings me to tears i, I mean it really brings me to tears when uh, especially when sam uh jumps out of the boat he can't swim and he i mean it's just these these beautiful scenes uh, who knew sean astin was was capable of such beautiful acting really i did i watched the goonies <laughs> you know what and this is going to be a funny pick i really like john grisham 
<laughs> and, and, and pop pop gets aggression. Yeah. Any yeah Arrested Development fans out there? That one's for you. <laughs> we are. I love classic books. I've read a lot of the books we've talked about. I've just dis- we, we I've discussed them. I enjoy them. Um, but man, I don't know what it is about it. I I just my dad loved John Grisham, uh, so I didn't want to like John Grisham for a really long time. <laughs> and over Christmas break, I read. A Time to Kill. Mm. Great Yes, book. I think they deserve to die. Oh, they burn in hell. Yeah, I mean, I'm, <laughs> crazy, crazy book. And you can, uh, so, when he says that, you can identify with him. He's I'm like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's right. I'm you, Carl Lee Haley. Yeah. Like, I, I, and so I've read through that series. I, I'm working through some other books. Uh, they just read like butter, though. I mean, there's something mm. about the guy. Um, he's also from... He was born in Jonesboro, Arkansas, which is 30. Is that a, is that a fact? Yeah, 30 miles from where I was born, and um, we're buddies. We go way back. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, so those are those are two of the main ones that, that I'm thinking through. Um, but, yeah, I, I would just encourage listeners, get into good works of fiction. Yeah. Oh, third Challenge one. yourself. Challenge yourself. Third one I want to bring up. Sorry, I, I didn't get to three. Jaber Crow, Wendell Berry. Um, you don't like it. Oh, I know. I know Wendell Berry. I don't know Jaber Crow. Jaber really Crow. Don't. Yeah. Um, great book in his Port Arthur, Kentucky series. Um, he dives into just this pastoral, um, not pastoral as in pastor, pastoral as in quaint. Country Here's a style. fun one. Did you know that when you re- use it in that sense, it's pastoral? Pastoral. Yeah. I, I did my dissertation. There was a past, I kept saying pastoral and my professor was like, Trevor, it's, it's pastoral. Pastoral. My bad. Whoops. Anyway, um, now you know. English is hard. It is. It uh, actually is. Pastoral uh, book. Uh, Jaber Crow's this barber in a small town. Um, and it's like any Wendell Berry book. It, there's not a whole lot of conflict. There is some conflict. But you're just brought to this small town Kentucky. I mean, and you just enjoy slowing down for a little bit. Um, it makes me want to drink sweet tea. And I hate sweet tea. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, listeners, we really help you jump into some fiction. Um, then Find a good book. Yeah, and you'll encounter great stories of hope and redemption. Ultimately, we hope you jump into uh, the greatest book where you can find hope and redemption. Hey, can I ask for a favor from our listeners? What's good? What are you reading? Do we yeah. have do we have a social media something we do. something? Hey, we're on Twitter. Yeah, would you add us? Like, and I'm not kidding. Like, are you reading something that you think is good? Yeah. Can ta- you hit us with suggestions? Tag us on Instagram. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Yeah. I would, I would like, I'm not, this isn't a marketing thing. Well, it kind of is. Yeah. Like I would, I would genuinely like to hear what's, what's out there. Yeah. Uh, hey, what are you enjoying this week? What am I enjoying this week? I'm going to go with a book to keep it going. I am reading, <sighs> I'm reading a book called um, Monkey King Journey to the West. Okay. So Journey to the West is this Chinese epic, I guess I'll call it, uh, written, I think, uh, 1600s, I believe it is. And it's one of these stories, like who knows how long it was passed on before mm-hmm. it was written down. Um, Monkey King Journey to the West, it is it is the story on which Dragon Ball Z is based. And it's it's unreal to like go back and read like, oh my gosh, this is just anime. It's, it, yeah. it's, it, the Monkey King is actually not the main character, but he is definitely the best character. And he is like born out of this rock egg and he's made of rock, but he's a monkey. And the day that he's born, lasers shoot out of his eyes and almost he goes super Saiyan. Yeah. He like, he almost hits the Jade emperor who is like the closest thing to God Uh-oh. in this universe. Yeah. And so Jade emperor, like he tries to keep an eye on him. He trains, he trains, he becomes like, he basically challenges 
the heavenly armies to a duel and it's like only Buddha who can come and like uh and crushes him beneath a mountain. Anyway, it's 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 pure anime. Like mm-hmm. I I like it you almost laugh out loud if you've seen a number of anime because it's it, it's just all like it's so clearly like the first yeah. anime as far as I right. can tell. So it's it's the the translation is recent. It was I think it came out like last year or twenty twenty one. So the Monkey King uh colon Journey to the West uh uh, recent translation. It reads really well. It's just fun, yeah. uh, and it, it would definitely categorize as like one of those great world literature books. Mm. So it's my first time through. I'm having fun. How about you? What's uh, what's good? Yeah, not a work of fiction, but a book. Um, I set out on this challenge this year. It's going to take me a couple years, a few years probably, to read. To read. Yeah, to read. Um, end of story. Uh, to but to read. A, a kind of an authorized biography as much as I can find of each U.S. president mm. in order. That's a good one. So in order. So antebellum is going to get a little weird. That's Those are hard to find. Nobody's writing much about, you know, Chester Arthur these days. Yeah. Um, um, Van Buren. Is that one yeah, of them? No, yeah. He's <laughs> tough to find on my Amazon list. Uh, yeah. I was looking for one of, of Taft and I had a hard time. Yeah, that's surprising. Anyway, yeah. uh, so Ron Chernow is up first, one of my favorite historians, and writing on George Washington. And so, George, where have I heard that name? Yeah, he's all over the place. Yeah, um, maybe not in Ohio, yeah. but you guys have a lot of presidents. Uh, from uh, Ohio. Actually, I think Several. more than any. I think we're tied with like Virginia. Virginia. Yeah. yeah, it's it's insane. Grant, baby. Now you know, listeners. Yeah. Uh, but Ron Chernow's uh, uh, Washington biography. I'm a few hundred pages in, um, which means I'm only about halfway through. It's long. It's it's uh, it's kind of skimmable in some points, but man, uh, you don't actually hear that much biographical data often on George Washington. So this has been. Fascinating. I mean, I saw Hamilton. Like I'm good, right? Right. Yeah, you got all all you need from you know President Hamilton, right? Yeah. Um, listeners, I do know that Hamilton was not president. Wait, what? Yeah, it's in the it's in the musical. But anyway, I would I would recommend that one. It's going to take me a few years to get through it. Um, hopefully, people move faster than Chernow does. But I'm enjoying it a lot. Great. So. Hey, listeners, we're so glad that you've stuck with us. This is our fourth episode. Um, we're looking for more content. So if you do have any ideas about shows, uh, we're not looking for more content. But if you want to hear about our thoughts on a topic that's in your brain, shoot us a line. Like pizza or or houseplants. I've got thoughts on houseplants. Yeah, let's go. Um, uh, so anyway... Please let us know. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We both have personal Twitters, too. You can follow if you're so inclined. Um, Don't know how much entertainment you might find from that. But definitely subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, Spotify, Apple, everything else. We're out there. Leave us a five-star review if you like us. Five stars. If you don't like us, just don't leave Do it anyway. Do it anyway. Yeah, give us a five-star. I might be your professor. That's true. Do it. That's true. Do it. I'm an authority figure. Is that like a... Yeah, at least a that's B, a thing, right? I can, I B can plus. That. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's an A. I shouldn't be saying this, but yeah, you will get an A for five stars. All right. You heard it here first, creative writing class. Yep. All right. Well, this- Mike, bless your heart. Bless your heart, Jamie. <laughs>